All right, welcome to Making the Argument. Before we get started, I have a very important announcement. We have a brand new deal with GoodRanchers.com. That's right. If you go into Good Ranchers and you use promo code Nick and you sign up for one of their subscriptions, you're not only going to get $15 off, but do you remember the old deal where you got two pounds of ground beef with each order? Well, we just upped the game. That's right. You can choose top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon now. Every single order you get on that subscription is going to come with free. Top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon. You get to choose which one if you use promo code Nick. And again, $15 off on top of that. That's a savings of $480 in meat by signing up for one of those subscriptions. Not to mention the fact that if you are looking for a gift for someone that is impossible to shop for, you can go on to GoodRanchers.com and get one of their brand new gift boxes. Now, this is a limited time only offer. It's part of their overall Black Friday special. So go on to GoodRanchers.com to get more details. Sign up for promo code Nick and to get that deal and let's get on with the show. So California is banning gas powered cars come 2035. That's right, because by 2035, I guess we'll be able to, you know, completely handle the entire, the power grid will be sufficient to handle that many electronic vehicles. But the crazy part is, is that it's not just California engaging in this absurdity. There's actually other states that are either already joining suit, like Virginia of all places, or states like Washington, which are promising to follow California's lead right off the cliff. We're going to be discussing all of that and more on this episode of Making the Argument. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And if you haven't already, go to the link in the bio and join us on Volley for a conversation to be had after this episode. All right. As always, I'm your host, Nick Freitas, member of the Virginia House of Delegates. But other than that, a pretty good person. Not with us today is my beautiful bride, Tina. She has left me. But only for today. She should be back. All right, she should be back. <laughs> that pause. <laughs> I'm here, though. For dramatic effect. But, but, but Christian's here. Yay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Our resident historian and political prognosticator, Christian Hines. Oh, that's me. First time. <laughs> <laughs> that is you, Christian. You know what? Yeah. You, you had your chance. That's it. And then, of course, we have our producer, Nicholas Hamilton, the good Hamilton, the one that doesn't like Central Yes, I, I do know that that's me. Thank you. It's a pleasure okay, to be here, Nick. Okay, good. Hamilton knows Sorry. who he is. I was just distracted because I was reading how many people moved out of California because now I know why they banned gas-powered cars by 2035. So they can't leave? Because they're assuming that everybody will have already left the state by then. <laughs> No, but like like today's a, a really interesting topic. I, I I think that that this is probably the best example in the last day or two that I can think of of the stupidity of certain government bureaucrats thinking that yeah. they can they can create prosperity out of making people's lives more miserable. Yeah. So well, Nick, you're you're telling us that this could happen in Virginia oh, as well. I, I am I am telling you that, and and we're gonna and I'm gonna. I'm going to provide the proof because I remember sitting in the General Assembly when we were debating this issue and being told that we were blowing it out of proportion because apparently warning our Democrat colleagues that, I, I don't know, maybe, just maybe, throwing it out there, bad idea to tie Virginia's energy policy to California's. So- Which, which- Again, they translate it as we hate the earth and we want it all to burn. Oh yeah, yeah, and they they they, they want all the wildlife and fish to die and all, yes. all, everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh you, no, you, we we all immediately and all the Republicans immediately went out in the Capitol Square and we started setting tires on fire yeah. and doing you know hairspray cans and, and because you know obviously so we hate the earth. I'd love for you to kind of explain a little bit more about what happened here. Actually, let let let's start with the story of California itself and yeah. explain how this is so, affecting us in Virginia. So let's go. Our uh, first article here, Inside Climate News, California just 
just banned gas powered cars. Here's everything you need to know. All right. Well, arguably it's not everything you need to know, but I want to read this first part off because this is important. So on August 25th, California regulators adopted rules that would ban the sale of new gasoline powered cars and light trucks by 2035. Now keep in mind something here, right? It didn't say the legislature passed said regulators adopted. What does that mean? Nick? Break this that is down another case. This is another case where when the legislature says we want to achieve something, but instead of like actually writing it into law or going through that long deliberative process, we're just going to hand the authority over to an executive branch agency. And then they're going to adopt regulations, which will have the power of law, right? So that's that's what they've essentially done here. Um, so it's gonna, not like anybody voted for this. Well, they, what they voted for was to cede the authority over to a regulatory agency. To an unelected agency, body, yeah. Right, so you, you see this all the time. It's a huge problem. Rand Paul's tried to address it at the federal level. I've tried to address it at the Virginia state level. I've gotten pushback from some Republicans on it, where we've essentially said, look, we have a huge problem here when we talk about the bureaucratic state. Right, we have this huge problem where legislatures all over the country love to do this thing, federal or state, where they say, okay, we want the clean energy bill and we love Puppy Dogs Act, right? But we can't write everything into code, right? We need wise bureaucrats to decide what all the regulations are going to look like. So what we're going to do is we're going to create this overarching law, and then we're going to authorize an executive branch agency to come up with all the different regulations, which, oh, by the way, none of us will vote on. None of us will have really any say unless we come back after the fact and carry a piece of legislation to address it. So Rand, Rand Paul's had what he calls the Reins Act. I've tried to carry a state-level version of this. And what it does is it tries to rein in that executive sure. branch authority by saying no. It, you know, the, the lawmaking authority is supposed to reside within the legislature, and we're kind of skirting that process by giving this kind of power to, um, to um, executive branch agencies. But here's the crazy part, right? Responding to news reports of California's action, Washington Governor Jay Inslee said his state would follow suit and adopt California's regs by the end of the year. Massachusetts and Virginia also are poised to adopt bans on gasoline vehicles by 2035 because of trigger laws that automatically follow California's lead on clean transportation, even though Virginia uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin has said he will try to repeal the law. Now, I can tell right now, we've already tried to repeal it. Repealed it. We tried to repeal this last year. I carried one of the bills that was trying to roll back a lot of what the Dems had done. And here's what happened. Passed in the House, died in the Democrat-controlled Senate. Right? So... Understand, I wish it was just about electric vehicles. It's not. Like the laws that they passed in Virginia went so far as to essentially create a situation where tens of thousands of acres of farmland and forestry are being wiped out in order to build all these industrial solar fields. And we're not the, the top state that receives sunlight, by the way. No, no. It turns out we're number one in solar panels, but number 24 in sunlight, right? So that's that's what we would call in the market a problem of supply, right? However, Democrats assure us that, no, 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 this is fine. Not only did we tie Virginia's energy policy, like it would have been bad enough if we said, we're going to tie it to what the California legislature did. At least then they would have had to go sure. through a deliberative process. The governor would have had to sign it into law. We could have had some like heads up that this is going down the pike. No, no, no. We tied it to a regulatory agency in California. And when we brought this up in the General Assembly, we got mocked as being ignorant. We got mocked as hating the environment. We got mocked as we're blowing this out of, oh, it's another one of these cases of Republicans blowing something out of proportion. Then California does something like this. 
And all of a sudden, our attorney general has to come out. It wasn't his decision. Has to come out and say, yep, nope, the way that the law was written. It's pretty clear. We're bound by this now. I was, uh, there, there, I was actually about to ask you, like, how did we get to this point where, right. because the average person in Virginia, yeah. or if you're in another state that is contemplating doing this, because yeah. there's other states out there that are now thinking about doing this. If you live in one of these states, you're probably thinking, wait, I, I don't remember my state legislature passing a law saying gas-powered cars are banned. There was no law yeah. that was passed in Virginia saying gas-powered cars are banned. Yep. You're right. You and don't so, remember that because it didn't happen. It's so, like, <laughs> the thought process— that's that's going through my head and I think some other people who literally had no idea that this was even remotely on the table until two or three days ago, they're probably thinking, wait, how is this possible? Did the state let just to clarify, the state legislature passed a law saying we are going to automatically adopt whatever regulations yeah. a certain agency in California, not yeah. even the state legislature, a certain agency in California adopts. That is what this amounts to. To give you an idea of how stupid that is. We have ceded our legal authority in Virginia through our state legislature. Under our constitution, all legislative power is vested in the House of Delegates and the state Senate in Virginia, yeah. right? Yep. So we've taken those those decision making, you know, the, the power of those decision making out of the hands of the people and their elected state representatives. And we've now put them in the hands of unelected bureaucrats in another state. Yeah. So people that don't live in Virginia, don't vote in Virginia elections, don't pay any taxes to Virginia, are now literally making regulatory law that impacts people, eight million people that live in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Christian. Why do you hate the environment? I, I, if that is the definition of hating the environment, <laughs> then I love burning the rainforest. <laughs> I, I, I cannot think of a dumb, I mean, th this goes back to, uh, how many times have I said this on, on this podcast where this reminds me of a Thomas Sowell quote, yeah. right? Or this reminds me of a Frederick Bastiat quote. I can't imagine, he says, you know, there, there, there's nothing dumber than, you know, putting power in the hands of people who pay no price for, for being wrong. This is literally an example yeah. of this yeah. because this is a disaster. But guess what? Nobody in California is going to lose their job over a law being passed yeah. in Virginia that automatically adopts decisions that they make. We can't even vote them out of office, even if we wanted to. Well, we don't and, live in California. And again, we've got a lot of legislators here in Virginia on the other side of the aisle that, well, they don't care because they drive their electronic, they drive their uh, electric vehicles to the General Assembly, and they charge them up under the taxpayer's expense because we have little things in there that they can use. Some of them might pay. I don't know. Right? But they do that. But he, but here's the here's the interesting part. Let's say, like, I, I don't have a... If you want to drive a, an EV, go for it. Mm -hmm. that, that's your business. Don't care. Make your own decision. Um, if, if you're someone that's excited about some of this technology, I can completely understand and, and that's me. agree with that, right? <laughs> I think there's I think there's things to be. I don't about think the there's anything wrong but with owning an electric vehicle. No, no. Yeah. But here's here's the problem. All right. So these same people that have decided that this was absolutely so critical that you had to ban the sale of gas powered vehicles by 2035, which, ladies and gentlemen, that is right around the corner. Let's see what they then came out with, like. Almost, like it was almost, almost the same 24 time. hours later. Almost the same time. <laughs> California lawmakers passed legislation last week that would ban the sale of new gas powered vehicles in the state by 2035, mandating all new vehicles must either be electric or hydrogen powered. This week, California asked residents to limit themselves on charging electric vehicles. That's right. California Governor Gavin Newsom is asking all Californians not to charge their electric vehicles between the hours of 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. while California grapples with an energy shortage as a heat wave bears down on the state. California also asks its residents to turn up their thermostats and turn off their lights. So, 
I can't wait till we get to the Thomas Massey portion of this episode. <laughs> you know, it, it, <laughs> well, not yet, but I can't wait. No, it it, it it's great because it, it feels like it, if you feel like you're living in stupid land. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Oh, I, it, it's just an, it's just incredible, and it. it there was, there was, we don't have, we're not going to show the YouTube video, but you can go and look it up. It's, it's an exchange between Pete Buttigieg, right. our, you know, illustrious secretary of transportation who gets to take like months off during a supply chain crisis for maternity leave, paternity leave, whichever leave they're on. And then, um, Thomas Massey is questioning him and just asking him some basic questions on like, do you know how much power it takes to charge an electric vehicle versus like a refrigerator Refri- yeah. or, or AC? So keep something in mind. Are we right? going to play that clip or not? We're not going to play the whole clip. Okay. People that we get, well, let's link we, it in the description. Gotta, okay. We've got it. In fact, let's let's just let's just look real quick over at Thomas Massey's um, tweet, though. He says three days after I explained to Pete Buttigieg that if everyone drove electric cars, America would use four times as much electric electricity charging cars as they do for air conditioning, which is like one of the top consumptions of uh, air conditioning. And then CNN runs a piece saying Americans don't need air conditioning, <laughs> right? So th- this is one of those this is one of those pieces where Massey was pointing out some very very relevant facts. He's like, look, Massey has solar panels, right? Massey he's he's, he's a believer. He drives an electric he drives car. Tesla. He, yeah, he, he's a believer. Like he likes the the technology. He doesn't like the government manipulation and, right. and subsidies and all, and all of that. But he was pointing out that like. Right now in California, at the same time that they're saying we're going to cut off your ability to buy a gas-powered vehicle, by the way, we need you to not charge your electric vehicles. Oh, and and can you turn up your thermostats because the the grid can't handle what you're doing? And Massey's asking some very good questions like, you really think the grid, like you you are going, the federal government has an objective to where like 50% of cars on the road and like most of the government fleet is electronic or electric vehicles. 100% of the government fleet. Electric vehicles. He goes, the grid can't sustain this. And and Pete Buttigieg is like, well, it certainly can't sustain it as it currently is, but that's why we need to invest in the future. Okay, okay you want to invest on updating a grid that has to have a capacity four times higher than what we're currently using just for air conditioning. And you're going to do that with solar? Yeah. And you know what this reminds me of? I, I believe it was either 79 or 78 when Jimmy Carter installed solar panels on the White House. And he said something along the lines of, you know, he was also pushing similar yeah. stuff at the same time, all these like subsidies and tax yep. breaks, government meddling in the marketplace, basically. And and Carter made a very similar argument to what you're hearing the Biden administration make today about how, you know, through government intervention and government mandates and government tax manipulation, we will be able to transition to whatever type of energy I really want at the time. He yeah. was really pushing solar. Um, and he, he set a goal for something like by 2000. Yeah. And, well, obviously that didn't happen. No. I, what this is, is this is another example of politicians that make promises that quite frankly, deep down inside, they know that they can't actually really keep, but they also know that, you know what, in 12 years, Joe Biden won't be president. Right. Yep. And they'll be able to run on, look at this great thing that we're doing. Well, you know, please reelect us. But then when he, even if he wins reelection, he will be in office by 2035. Somebody else will be in office by 2035. And then they're going to have to answer for the fact that in California, they're going to have rolling blackouts and good luck. Good luck walking LA. If you've ever been to LA, not the most walkable of cities. (laughs) It's one of the most spread out cities in the entire country. And so for, for Gavin Newsom to go out there and say, we're going to ban electric vehicle or we're going to ban gas powered cars and mandate electric vehicles only by 2035. for new purchases. Oh, and by the way, you're not going to be allowed to charge them. Yeah. I, 
I'm, I'm sorry, we're, but- We're going to determine what hours you can charge them. Is it really any surprise that over 300,000 people moved out of California in yeah. one year last year? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that that number is actually going to increase over time as the state's well, quality of life just keeps dropping like Not, not to mention the fact that Governor Gavin Newsom is running ads in Florida right now <laughs> warning people- Florida's taking away your freedom. Because, He's doing you know, the same thing in Texas. Yeah, because California is a bastion of freedom. Yeah, in California, you're not free to buy the sort of car you want. You're not free to have your air conditioner where you want. You're not free to charge your electric vehicle when you want. But your 14-year-old's free to get a double mastectomy if they're uncomfortable with their bodies. They're going through puberty. The, the That's the sort of freedom that Gavin yeah. Newsom wants to push. And it's absolutely absurd. And, and what's what drives me nuts is that when you look at somebody like Thomas Massey, a guy that's actually got a degree from MIT and, and who doesn't just have the credential, right? He's worked in the fields. He has patents. And if you look at how he lives his own life. He lives off the grid. He lives off the grid, yeah. right? He, it's, he's not anti any of this, but he recognizes the absolute arrogance involved when governments attempt to impose it and then the absolute stupidity involved when Democrats in Virginia, and this is the part I really want people to understand because, you know, Governor Yunkin, we got another article up here. Governor Yunkin vows to fight ludicrous law tying Virginia to California ban on gas-powered cars. Elections have consequences, yes. right? I can't emphasize this enough. There's this attitude that, oh, politicians are all the same. Look, if you want to believe that, fine. If you want to say that all of us are horrible, fine. It's not going to hurt my feelings. But let me tell you what's not all the same. Policies. Policies are not all the same. They don't all have the same effects, right? Because if we weren't tied to California right now, there wouldn't be a single Virginia driver wondering whether or not they're actually going to be able to get to work in the future based off the sort of vehicle right. that they can buy. There wouldn't be Virginians right now paying up to 80 to 100 bucks a month extra on their bill because Democrats passed the most aggressive green energy legislation in Virginia history without having the sufficient power grid to actually make it a possibility. They were so busy handing out your money to companies that were coming in, tearing up farmland, putting yep. in industrial solar fields, and then leaving when they got their subsidy without actually having to deliver on the power requirements that Dominion is supposed to have to do. That it cost you a bunch of money they get to go around pretending like they're saving the planet, right? These are the same people that believe that, gosh, if we don't act now, the planet's doomed in 10 years. Okay, great. So what's your plan? Here's my plan. We're going to tell you to buy electric vehicles, but then we're going to tell you you can't charge them. And then we're going to tell you that you're going to have to pay a whole lot more for air conditioning. Or you're going to have to turn it off. And if we do all of that, if we do all of that and we're highly successful, the temperature is going to drop by about one degree in a hundred years. I, I am sorry. This is laughable. I, I am so tired of every time we bring up, every time we bring up math and science when we actually look at these things, right? To the party that really is supposed to just be the, I mean, they are the defenders of science. And when we bring these points up and we say, if you do this, these are the potential consequences or these are the guaranteed consequences, their responses is, these Republicans are crazy. They're creating issues out of nowhere. This is all about them trying to whip up their frenzied base. No, maybe if you weren't so busy reading your intentions into a bill and actually took a fraction of the time to read the text of the legislation you are putting into effect and consider the consequences it's going to have on the people you claim to care about, 
you would understand that we're not crazy. We're not hyperbolic. We're reading your bill in a way that you apparently are not. Yeah. And the moment you tell us we're crazy, I'm just going to keep referring back to the consequences. Because we don't write intentions, we write laws. I don't know how many times we have to say this. You've said that on the floor. Oh my gosh. And, and it's just, but again, it, it does not matter because this is almost like a, a religious style belief for them. That if they, if they don't do this. That's actually a really good way to describe it is it is a, I, you know, I have so many people to, to move us towards uh, the making the argument segment, because I know that Hamilton, you've got some questions yeah, I for, do. for Nick on that. I, I've, I've had so many people that I've heard say things like, well, you know, I am, a, a, you know, against private schooling or anything like that because they're all religious schools or something like that. Yeah. Or I don't want my kid to be taught this. I'm sorry, but your kid is being taught a religion no matter where <laughs> you're sending them. True. The question is, what type of religion are they are they learning? Are they learning are they learning one that's actually based on a series of moral principles and ethical principles that are internally consistent with one another? Or are they based on a on a man made woke ideology? that tells them that you're a, you're an oppressor based on your skin color or based on your gender or based on your race or or or, or based on on categories and traits that you can't control about yourself. Right. And and that's just one aspect of it. There's a whole other component of that that deals with environmentalism. Look, it is important to take care of the environment. I don't yeah. think that there's anybody that disagrees no. with that, which is why we should be promoting free market capitalism, not corporatism, because study after study and evidence after evidence shows that the richer a country is and the freer its economy is, the more it takes care of its environment, not less, because the worst polluters in the history of the world have been totalitarian communist yeah. states. Yeah. We've done why minutes on this, how the how the Soviet Union destroyed the Aral Sea. Yeah. Most people probably never heard of the Aral Sea. It used to be one of the world's largest lakes and the communist Soviet Union, their government tried to, to divert the river, um, the rivers that were feeding into it. And they ended up creating a massive ecolo um, ecological problem that is still taking place 40 years after the fact they created a giant desert in central Asia over this. And so tying it into the entire argument about environmentalism, because that's basically what's driving this. That's what, that's, what's driving the left saying you need to accept a lower quality of life. You need to accept higher energy bills. You need to buy an electric vehicle, but by the way, we're not going to let you charge it. Sure. It's all tied into a twisted form of environmentalism. That's not built well, around actually taking care of the planet. It's built around hurting people. Well, and then what happens when the government announces a $7,500 tax credit for your new electric car? And then it goes up by $8,000. Nick yep. tweeted about this yep. a few days ago. It mm -hmm. was the electric Mustang well, and just that to, Ford raised the price yeah, on. And to clarify, we're not against electric cars. No. I think the technology is awesome. Oh, I sat there. I sat there on the transportation committee when Democrats were in charge. Is like I think it was on the same day. They passed one bill that was going to give you a tax credit for buying an electric vehicle. And then they passed another bill that was going to increase your taxes for having an electric vehicle because you didn't pay enough in gas taxes to pay for transportation. Wow. And you're sitting here going, does, does anybody not see the inherent contradiction yeah. in this? It doesn't matter. What matters is, is being faithful to the doctrine of green energy. Well, and, 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 and it's incredible to me because, again, as, as Christian pointed out, and, and I've had to have this, I've had students, this goes back to what your kids are being taught in school. I've had students call me up and, and you know, Delegate Freitas can I interview about, you know, X, Y, or Z. And whenever it comes to green energy, it's like, Delegate Freitas, how do we address climate deniers? <laughs> 
And, and like, I don't know what you mean by that. Like, I don't know anybody that denies the climate. You should well, respond with, well, I don't know. How do we address a free market denier? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what you mean by that. Like, what do you mean a climate denier? Well, well, somebody that doesn't believe in like climate change. I don't know anybody that doesn't believe in climate change. Are you talking about like anthro, you know, pomorphic? Or anthropogenic. Anthropogenic, sorry. Yeah, anthropomorphic. Anthropogenic uh, global warming, man-made global warming. Yes. Okay, well, here's the deal. Most people think that on some level, I, like I don't know anybody that doesn't think that human beings have an impact on the environment and can have a very negative impact on the environment. Here's my question. Can you, what, what I'm hearing offered as the solution is we need more centralized control over the economy. We need to reduce private property rights. We need to put the government more in charge of determining what's produced, what you can drive, what you can eat in order to save the environment. Now, here's my question. Going back and looking at history, can you find me a government that takes that kind of control over the economy, over their citizenry, and over the rights that has produced an environmental policy you think we should emulate. And they will sit there in stunned silence like they don't even understand the question because it's never been posed. Because this has never been a question of, okay, we want to help the environment. What is the best way to go about doing that? It's like, no, no, no. We've already decided that the way you're going to help the environment is by giving politicians more control. That is the solution. That is the end state. It's not a process. That's the end state. And if you oppose it, it can only mean that you hate the environment mm -hmm. and therefore you're a climate denier. And we're going to use that terminology because it, it harkens up this idea of being a Holocaust denier. So you're the lowest form of human life and it's, we we shouldn't even listen to you when it comes to this. It's all about how we defeat you. Yes. Well, and, and to, to, the, to that point as well, does anyone actually believe that the federal government and these bureaucrats are capable of advancing the grid in such a way that by 2035 oh we would God. actually be they ready? They, they will can't waste. even run – the federal government can't even run the post office effectively. Yeah. True. Yeah. How True on point. earth are they going to be right. – <laughs> Question. So let's say I'm talking to somebody that does believe that outlawing gas-powered cars by 2035 is a good thing for the environment. How should I respond to that individual? Here's the first question you should ask them. Okay, how do you plan to power all of the charging stations? Right, because this is something that seems to be lost on people. Like, okay, oh, they they say bought, solar. Yeah, bought, they're going to say well, we're going to build well, windmills. Wait a second, wait a second. I bought an electric vehicle. I'm not using you know fossil fuels anymore. Oh yes, you are because yeah. the vast majority of our energy is supplied by coal, by oil, and and in fact, there is one thing. There, if you want one energy source that can actually yep. alleviate a lot yep. of these problems in a way that drastically reduces emissions, nuclear power. Yep. The one version of clean energy they don't want. Why? Because we're all going to do it with wind and solar and apparently fairy dust or or maybe whatever unicorns. Is there are less money to be made in nuclear compared to solar and wind? What, what it is is people look at nuclear and they look at things like Chernobyl, right? right. They look at things like, you know, uh, Fukushima. Yeah. Or, um, or even in, uh, what is it, Three Mile Island? Three Mile Island, New York, New York. Which did not melt down, by the way. It was yeah. a partial. But. but we, and they look at that and there's legitimate concerns. What they're failing to take into consideration is is how much technology is actually advanced from from when that was originally started. Oh, and we we have way safer containment facilities than yeah. the Soviet Union had yeah. at Chernobyl in the 1980s. The yeah. Soviet government was cutting corners and costs because that's how government does things. They never do things by the book. Everybody was just trying to follow the script. Yeah. In, in so, the West, our nuclear power plants are way safer than what the yeah. Soviet Union had. Well, the bottom line is, like, I, I want to say 70% of France's energy consumption actually comes from nuclear. So it's like if, if you actually wanted to come close to achieving some of what they're talking about, 
You have to find an alternative source, and you're not going to get it from wind and solar. I'm sorry. The technology is not there, and it's not going to be there in like 12 years. Mm. So you, you have to pick something that can actually help uh, achieve this, but that's the very thing they don't want. And that's why you're seeing articles from places like CNN where they're not just saying, <clears throat> okay, you want to ban your gas-powered vehicle. Okay, well, then in order to charge your electric vehicle, you're going to have to turn off your AC. Well, I I'm sorry, but if you're an elderly couple in Arizona, that's not a viable option. Right. It's not. Well, and the last point I'd like to make here is that the government incentivizing such an advancement in the purchasing of electric vehicles has unintended consequences. Yes. And it raises prices. Yes. It makes the cars unaffordable. Mm -hmm. But you want me to not be able to buy a gas-powered car. Yeah. It doesn't well, make any and, sense. Well, and again, I think what this comes down to, because th there's this idea that conservatives are anti-green, right? That we don't care about the environment. Or it's just so far it's so far uh, further down on our priority list that that's why they have to ignore us. And, and I'm sure that there's some conservatives that fit into that, you know, category. Right. Um, I'm not one of them. No. Right? Like, I, I believe in stewardship. But here's one of the things I've learned about stewardship. People that own property take care of their property. Mm -hmm. it, there's a reason why they have this whole concept called the tragedy of the commons. It's the idea that when something is, is essentially, quote, owned in common, which means no one really owns it, you're far more likely to have people exploit resources mm. um, to the point where they don't exist anymore, to the point where there's heavier pollution or there's uh, you know, over forest or, or over deforestation or whatever it is. Because ultimately, if you don't get it, someone else is going to get it. Right. The moment you add a, a property component to that, now people have a natural incentive to preserve and rejuvenate. And that's what's so important. This is why I go back to uh, stop telling me what your intentions are. I almost don't care at this point because it has just become a clever way to manipulate people. Tell me about the incentive structures you're creating. Yeah. And if you want an incentive structure for cleaner energy, you can achieve it. And the best way to achieve it, though, is you have to allow the market to be able to work, to be able to come up with these alternatives and resources in a way that makes sense. So many problems could be addressed by just looking at human behavior and incentivization. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, they'll say, okay, great. We like your incentivization idea. So now we're going to pay you to do this. Okay. You only looked at one side of right. the incentivization. The one side of the incentivization you looked at was, I want you to buy a vehicle. Here's some money to buy a vehicle. Well, now the incentivization on the other side is, well, I need to raise my prices. Unintended consequences. Right? So again, stop messing with it. You're just screwing mm -hmm. it up. When you give $500 million to a company like Solyndra that then goes bankrupt, you hurt green energy when you do that. And make someone filthy rich. Because you, you, you now took hundreds of millions of tax dollars and you threw it away. You wasted it. Mm -hmm. And then Barack Obama comes out and says, well, you know, that's how investment works sometimes. No, Barack... Investment is what you do with your own money or people that voluntarily gave it to you and not with what you confiscated and gave to somebody else that bundled it for you. Right. So if you want a good green energy policy, it's real simple. You got to let the market work because there is a market for it. Yes. If you would have told me five years ago, I'd be looking at solar panels for my property. I would have said, now nah, probably not. Now I am because I like the idea of being off the grid. I like the idea of being more right. dependent. Your, your conservatives will come along with this. If you allow the marketplace to work instead of shoving it down our throat through government bureaucracy and coercion. For me personally, I'm not super like, sure, I want to be green and protect the environment, but I don't really think my gas powered car is doing that much damage. But I'm interested in buying a Tesla, not because it's green, but because of the technology. Yeah. And capitalists have advanced that technology in such a way where people mm -hmm. like myself who are not 
entire like super interested in driving a green car become interested in the car because of the technology that they have been incentivized to create and progress and invest in and that's how capitalism solves this problem like not yeah yeah like 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 i said it i mean the the data is clear that the richer a country is and yep. the more free market principles it adopts, the better care it takes of the environment. And right. it makes sense because if you're living in an impoverished country like North Korea or the Soviet Union, your you're next worry is where your next meal's coming from, not whether or not you're taking care of the trees. Yeah, right. It's as simple as that. Yeah, starving people are not all that concerned about endangered species, especially yeah. if they taste good. <laughs> all right. That's all the time that we have today. Please go onto our volley chat. Let us know what you think. I want to apologize, everyone on volley chat. I know it's been a little while since I've been there. I've been flying all over the place, but I promise you I'm going to be on there today. I'm going to be interacting. We're also going to be asking you for some ideas. We, we have this concept that I want to run for our next podcast, but you're only going to hear about it if you're on the volley chat. So go to the volley chat, check that out. I don't think I even know what it is. You yeah, just, I don't think I know. I'm going to volley to find I've out. Hidden it, I've hidden it from everybody. <laughs> all right. Once again, thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you next episode. Once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, again, one of the best ways you can do it is by heading over to GoodRanchers.com with promo code Nick. You're going to get $15 off. You sign up for one of those subscriptions, and you're going to get up to $480 of free meat with that subscription. You get to pick top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, bacon. It is all up to you. Plus, if you're looking for gifts to get for the people that are impossible to shop for, GoodRanchers.com also has gift boxes. You need to act quick. This is part of their overall Black Friday special. So head on over to goodranchers.com, use promo code Nick, and once again, thank you for listening.